0: Personal coach and trusted attorney, Andrew Lee, who will help you get started in building your real estate empire, grow your self confidence, find your grit, and get the skills needed to dominate the real estate world. This is Real Estate Investing with Andrew Lee.
1: We're back. We're back. We're back. And we're convincing Lauren to go get a real estate because it's phase two. We're open. It's it's time. It's time. That it's going to happen, Lauren. And I know, don't misunderstand. I understand there's places that there's going to be a second wave and there's some articles about second wave of COVID. But I think the market's already adjusted in a, a way. And it's time to start looking. It's time to start looking at property. And like I said, I've been looking all day, every day since Wednesday. I actually looked before Wednesday, but it's like, It's been popping up. There's been more and more activity, and I know you want the numbers. You keep saying the numbers, the numbers, the numbers, the numbers, the numbers. You go like the numbers got to work. But I'm going to get you a C job done today on these numbers. Is a C job done today is better than an A job tomorrow? You can always keep looking. I could always find something that you want to inspect more. Or understand more. You gotta use your gut in some way, shape, or form. Inform decision making based on the numbers. It has to be based on the number. I agree with you. I agree it's based on the n- <laughs> She's looking so at me I'm with a death stare right now. But and I
0: just I just want to repeat what he said. He said getting a C job done today is better than an A job done tomorrow. And I think that's really important for the people who just can never pull the trigger because they're They they live in regret. Well, I could have- Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you
1: just hear that you're going to pull the trigger? Don't live in regret, Lauren. You're going to be living in regret if I can't convince you to go get a property. 10 years from now, you're not going to be thinking of COVID unless unfortunately someone in your family had a problem. What you're going to be thinking about is that you're now living on a yacht because you bought some real estate right now because interest rates are lower than they've ever been before. And I'm seeing opportunity. And it's like, "Mm, good.
0: Yeah. So um, what I'm just saying about perfectionists or people that live in regret is that there is just a time that you just have to go and do it. And I think that this market right now, while I'm fighting with Andrew about like getting it right now, I personally am not comfortable pulling the trigger this second because I want to see how this plays out with COVID.
1: So anyway, I'm going to make her comfortable. So before the break, what we were talking about is getting to your net operating number. That's what we want to know. Net income. We want to know net operating income of the building. Because as Lauren always tells me, it's all about the numbers. And when she's talking about the numbers, she's what does she want to know? How much I'm going to make? That's It's, it's her thing. How much am I going to make? How much am I going to make? How much am I going to make? She's like a machine with that. You say to Lauren, I want to go do this. And she goes, well, how much does it cost and how much are we going to make? That's her question every time. How much am I going to make?
0: And I want to know what my risk is.
1: So we're going to get to this. We're going to show her the numbers. And the first thing we want to do is we got to get to get the net operating income. We have to know all the revenue, not the projected revenue, but all the revenue. Then we got to know all the expenses, not the dreamed of low-end expenses.
0: So expenses are, are taxes, well, we'll, we'll learn. utilities.
1: Well, Lauren, what I'm getting at is that the seller, this is what people don't realize. When a seller is thinking about selling in the last number of years of their ownership, they stop investing in the property. They start bleeding it dry. They stop fixing things. We bought a building once and we were looking to modify it. And we opened a wall and we saw a complete door with a handle in the middle of the wall because the seller was just hodgepodging. they had owned it so long they were just trying to get through.
0: Yeah, so systems are going to be run down some of the main so you just have to know that when into your numbers. Well, what we I'm
1: saying that. is the numbers they tell you about expenses are underplayed. The ex- the numbers they tell you on the listings on revenue are overplayed and the numbers they tell you on expenses are underplayed.
0: Yeah. The amount of money that they're going to say the property is going to give off is going to be much more than it's going to actually give off.
1: When you say give off, what does that mean? Is there a guy that's going,
0: give off money, give off money, arms? The banker from Monopoly is handing you money. What do you mean by give
1: off? I think what you're saying is backwards and maybe I'm wrong. The amount the property is going to cost is much more. Is that what you really mean to say?
0: Yes, absolutely. We well, said need, it the other like, way around. Sorry, the amount of money that the the income is going to be less than what this listing says, and the amount of money it costs to run the building is going to be more.
1: That's what I think you're saying. So we need to find these numbers, and we were just you were suing some numbers for the expenses. We we said the taxes. That's it. You got to pay your tax man. There's insurance. There's insurance.
0: There's utilities. There's common shared uh, maintenance costs. There's, you know, there's electric, there's common areas, there's fire alarms, there's yearly codes that they have to come and inspect. Um, there's
1: aspects of the building you got to repair and re- renew. We we had to redo a, a flat roof recently. That was a joy. But I'm
0: just saying basic things without renovating anything. There's yes, but Lauren, Lauren, Lauren that's building. not
1: true. That's just not true because every building, there's renovations every year. And if you don't think you're going to have, a, you have to have an expense account every year. So what happens is if you're not regularly maintaining your building and fixing different aspects of the building every year, one day it's going to knock you out like a tsunami. Yeah,
0: You might have to replace all the windows one year.
1: So you just got to expect that's going to happen. So back to the beginning. Can't trust their numbers, but it could give you a pretty good idea. The way you get your net operating income is you take the revenue, the real revenue, minus the expenses, the real expenses. Then you have your net operating income. And then what you need to do is you need to assess yourself. You need to assess yourself how risky you think this property is how risky this property is. And a lot of these people use words, and I've used it, cap rate, capitalization rate. And they'll tell you, the brokers will tell you, this gets this type of cap rate. Says who? Who are you? Who are you to tell me what the cap rate is? Cap rate means, again, the percentage, the the return on my income I want to get without respect to the mortgage on a one-year basis. So it's me assessing, when I look at the property, Am I going to have to replace all those windows that Lauren was just talking about? These leases I saw, are they really going to honor the leases? How long does it take me in this community? How long does it take me in this community to replace a vacancy? That's the vacancy rate. What is the collectability rate here? Are all the tenants paying? We have a tenant that calls us every month and she goes, next month I'll I'll catch up. Next month I'll catch up. If you're listening, friend of mine, tenant, I've only been nice because of COVID. Next month is your last month. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, you have to adjust on your cap rate. So we were looking at this building, and Lauren asked me why it was so expensive. There was this, this, um, what was it? The drive-through thingy? Were you the Dairy Barn? Yeah, they call it the barn or something like that. They were asking, they were asking for like I don't know, for a really tiny piece of property with nothingness, like it's just in a the dairy millions. Yeah, you know, it was just a dairy barn, and she's like, "Why is it so?" And I'm like, "Because it comes with a long term lease with a fabulous guarantee where you have to do nothing, and it's triple net, meaning they pay all the expenses for everything." So and you can so get
0: four percent, something like that.
1: I think it was even less as far as. So what happens is, as the cap rate goes up, the capitalization rate goes up, the price of the property should go down. Why? Because the formula to know this... What is the formula, Lauren? What's the formula for capitalization rate? What are we talking about here?
0: The net income um, about divided by the fair market value.
1: So it's the net income, which we were just showing you, divided by the fair market value should give you your cap rate. So stated otherwise, if you take the fair market value and you multiply it by the cap rate, what you'd get? The net operating income. Stated otherwise you were to flip it around, you could end up getting your own projection of valuation. What am I saying here? The fact that an owner is listing on a property that this is the capitalization rate means nothing. That's what they assess the risk to be. And they're trying to sell you a bag of duty.
0: Yeah. And the cap rate's not going to be what they say because they're selling you.
1: So here's some things I want you to think about when you're looking at cap rate. Lauren and I may not want to buy that dairy barn. You may. Why? Why? Why would you want to buy the dairy barn but we wouldn't want to buy the dairy barn. This is a very important conversation because and I'm not saying to own and operate the dairy barn. I don't I think it's with a lease. It's just to be the landlord for the dairy barn. Why would one person want to buy the dairy barn and one other person would think it's a bad investment?
0: Well, I like investments that have multiple different income streams personally. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Multiple income streams will get you a diversification, but also they give you opportunity. The real key is that the dairy barn, just to be clear, the dairy barn is something that is going to be able to just give off money. It's going to pay you. It's reliable, but there's no business strategy available in there. There's it's no like, it's opportunity. It's like having
0: a government municipal bond, Yeah, so but you're managing a little bit more.
1: When you have a very low cap rate, what that's saying is it's very reliable- There's going to be very little time involved in this thing, and you're going to get a return on your investment. But when you get the cap rate going up higher, it's going to take a lot more time. It's going to be much more uncertain, but you may be getting the steal of a lifetime. You may be buying this property, and you can optimize this property, flip this property, and make a fortune on the property. So if you think about it in the residential flipping world, a flipper would never, ever buy a low cap rate property. They're buying an astronomically high cap rate property. I'm comfortable somewhere around, I don't know, a 6 to 8% cap rate. That's really my comfort zone. I'm just talking about me. A flipper might want to be at like a 14% cap rate, a 15%. They're taking a much more measured risk. Why? is they generally own a construction company. And the fact that the place looks like it needs a bulldozer is appetizing to them because they have a bulldozer. I don't have a bulldozer. So even though we have on staff a maintenance team, I don't really want to be bulldozing property every week. It
0: freaks me out
1: to bulldoze well, property.
0: Our staff bulldozers are our attorneys that run these awesome leases. So, Well, yeah, that's our strategic yeah.
1: advantage. But going back to where we are, Your cap rate is going to be something you're going to have to define while you're looking and you're seeing on LoopNet and MLS and you're looking on the Stratus and you're saying to yourself on Zillow, hey, I want to go buy, I want to buy, I want to buy, I want to buy, I want to convince my Lauren, everyone has their own Lauren, I want to convince my Lauren that it's time to buy. And you need to be thinking to yourself, how much time do I got? You got to be thinking to yourself, how much liquid money do I have? How much money do I have that I can, not just liquid. Disposable liquid money, money that I can afford to lose on this whole thing. I got to look at my risk tolerance, both on a, a, a financial basis and a time basis. And then I got to look at my emotional health. What does my emotional health mean? Am I okay with the seesaws? Am I okay with, or do I need more stability? And I got to do this not just for the near term. I got to look at this in the midterm and the long term. Why? Because when you buy real estate, when you get into real estate, you're buying what do we keep telling Spencer? He said, I have no money in this monopoly game.
0: We said oh, Liquid versus illiquid.
1: We said, but you have tons of illiquid assets and don't you love having those illiquid assets? We were teaching our six-year-old yesterday the difference between liquid and illiquid assets. If you want to know about liquid and illiquid assets, all you got to do is type in on any, 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 any podcast system, Real Estate Investing with Andrew Lieb. Then you're going to want to automatically download, like our podcast, stay tuned.
0: You ever dreamed of owning a rental property, flipping a home, opening a successful business? This is Real Estate Investing with Andrew Lee.